I'll spend all my time out here listening to you guys chant for him right now because it's important. It's important to me. I have some history with John Moxley. We're not super tight. We're not the best of friends. But, you know, last night, I'm traveling here in a car. I got Larry riding shotgun, and I get a phone call. And I have this situation explained to me. And I know what it's like to go and go and think you have to be so tough and better than everybody else and wrap up injuries and be sick and show up to work and do all these things that get compounded and help other people and be super generous and eventually get to a point where you have to take yourself off the hamster wheel. And I've been criticized for it. I don't want anybody to criticize John Moxley because I am goddamn proud of him. And I'll say one last thing about it. If anybody here, anybody at home watching on television, if you're in a place where you think you need help, get it, ask for it, reach out, text somebody, call somebody. There's nothing harder that you can do in the world, but there's nothing more courageous as well. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. Hell, there's been plenty of times in my life and career that I wish I asked for help. And I didn't, because I thought I was being a tough guy. Which brings me to the second guy that's not here tonight. Eddie Kingston. The Top of Wrestling, with your host, ODM A.D. Professor. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay! It's my name is Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my God, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. Fuck with me! I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Ladder war! War games! You are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh! Oh! Oh, jinx! Holy shit! How did that actually happen? Here we go. Here's to all that gorgeous snatch in FLA. The professor is in the RV and he's on his way. And it's Wednesday and you know what that means. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is here at noon, ready to go with another big week of uh, a lot of wrestling talk. Of course, it wouldn't be an episode without us talking some WWE releases. Feels like that's just basically a part of news every week right now. We'll be talking a little bit about that. We'll be talking a little bit about this upcoming pay-per-view for AEW. And, of course, we are journeying, taking our journey down the way through 1996, 25 years ago, 
Last week, Pillman had a gun. And we're going to get the fallout from that. We're also going to get a little bit extra with some Nitro because it's a Monday Night Wars. Thank you so much for listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe, like, and share. Each week we bring you good wrestling, good flicks. Last week, David Arquette was not in the movie, but he was definitely Kaiser Soze from The Usual Suspects. That was a great movie that I learned on the fly last week. And, of course, the man who... I think pieced it all together. We got a lot of wrestling talk. We got a lot of movie talk. Let's piece it together, and uh, which is going to be great for next season. More to come. Ladies and gentlemen, the Doc ODM. Fuck! I lose my blouse. Sure, <laughs> sure. Shit. You actually took one of the ones I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you have a giant mug of beer. It's like you knew that you were going for a full Canadian movie. You're like, all right, got to get as much uh, Molson in here it, as possible. It, it, it <laughs> was actually Molson is my, my choice on uh, going down to Club Trilla, a.k.a. Somerville Grill. Uh, but, no, it was more of a I forgot to grab beer and all I have is my homebrew. So. Hey, man. I, I, it's all right, it's man. It's rough in the Being, streets. Uh, is man, this is a has absolutely jack shit to do with the, the Somerville. I, I I saw. I think they closed. No, they're up for sale. Hoping uh Timmy right. buys them. I was me, you, and Timmy should buy them. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast hey, is canceled. We're running um, a bar. <laughs> so last week we talked about Ring of Honor and their releases or their upcoming releases. And this week, WWE does the same with some names that it's like, well, man, if you would just not put them on the main roster, that would release them then. If you didn't know what you were going to do, why get rid of them in NXT? Why even bring them up to the main roster? One that's been there for several years. We'll get into that. Um So, WWE, as we do each week or every other week, releases wrestlers. Laurinaitis, he's up to that good shit again, buddy. And he gets rid of Bearcat. I'm not even calling him that, but Keith Lee and Mia Yim. Hey, beautiful. Do not care where they show up. I think he would do great in Impact. I think he would do great in Japan. I think he would do great in MLW. I think he would do great in, in AEW. Do I think he's needed in AEW? No. Do I think he would go over as a world champion in Impact? Yeah, that's where he should go. I think both of them should head over there personally. Anything you want to say on that couple uh, I, right there? I, I think I think you're right with Keith Lee. Listen, I love Keith Lee. Uh, shout out to the Cultaholic boys. Uh Maybe Ross and I'm sorry, I forget the other bloke's name. Uh, but they did a parody of uh, Don't You Forget About Me, but it was Don't You Forget About Keith. Fucking fantastic. Hey, hey, yeah, hey, fantastic, hey. fantastic. <laughs> uh, I, I love him. I don't, you're, I, th- I agree with you. I don't think he's needed an AEW, and I think it's just, I, I've said it before, they need to start being a lot more selective with their signings because uh, you're running out of room, and I know you know they're not going to let people go like that. 
Uh, Mia Yim. Mia Yim, personally, I think she would be a welcome addition to the AEW women's roster. Uh, oh, it, absolutely. It, it, it would add depth. She, she's shown she's, she's got the aura, the personality, and she she's pretty fucking good in the ring. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say she's one of the best and she should go right to being a champ, but she could certainly hold like the TBS title, I'd say at one point. Not sure if you've seen, but recently Mickey James had a new challenger in Impact in Mercedes Martinez. Her resurfacing after whatever the hell she did in WWE. Obviously, she was a part of Retribution at the very end. I think Mia Yim would be a great fit to the women's division or knockouts division in Impact. Just I think that could be a great addition to she'll be great to either one. Now let's talk about another couple. Wherever one goes, the other is going for sure. How do you fuck up Killer Cross? You had Killer Cross from the Indies and TNA, of course, and Impact. Becomes Carrion and Scarlet and, okay, some questionable booking in NXT. Finally a champion. Okay, pushed the right way. Looked great. And as your NXT champion, you bring him up to Raw and have him lose to Jeff Hardy like 16 weeks in a row. Give him 10-size old mask. What the fuck? If I'm happier for anybody on this list, it's the first four people we have just talked about. Keith Lee, Mia Yim, Karrion Cross, and Scarlett. They are all going to do wonders wherever they go, and they're going to make a headline wherever they go. Personal opinion. Yeah, I think you got it wrong. It was the Sultan's old mask that he had. Uh, but e- either way, what, uh, no, no, no. Well, there's the, well, it's kind of both. Yeah, I think they all. Well, we're seeing the Sultan. No, it's it's yeah. a little bit of both. Um, <laughs> Weekly Cornet reference. Uh, Cornet said he. It, God damn, Nightwing was right. We are going to yeah, need a it, real it bumper is, for this. Is. Uh, he he nailed it, man. Uh, how did Karrion Cross fail? He passed all of Vince McMahon's tests. Killer entrance, check. Like I and I'm, I'm basically stealing words from Cornette here, so I'm not. I, you know, mm-hmm. let's not get it twisted. Mm-hmm. I am echoing what he said, but I agree. Um, hot chick on screen, right? Check. Look like a fucking killer, check. You know everything, like everything that Vince has a heart on that we've Your seen. Finisher years, was sick. Everything. Everything was there, and it just nope. You brought him up and you left Scarlet behind. Why? Why did you do that? Like that makes absolutely no sense. And you jobbed him out right away. Like it it basically you basically have to say at this point, and I'm surprised I'm not seeing more of this. Vince just has to be shitting on Triple H. The dude ended up in the fucking hospital with a congenital. I feel like all of this was generally at him for the fact that that yeah, you're releasing guys that were your most recent NXT champions besides the facts uh, besides the fact Adam Cole left you got Keith Lee Karrion Cross if Champa lets go of that title anytime soon him and Gargano are on the way out you know what i mean like this is it's almost like he's doing it to motherfuck Triple H it's weird gave the dude a heart really attack really weird yeah let's let's go through the rest of the list here one that kind of kills me because Huge fan of the tag team, uh, one half of One Larkin and Danny Birch, but Larkin gets his uh, pink slip. But did you happen to see that in the 
original message by John Laurinaitis to all WWE talent. He spells One Lorcan's name completely wrong, used a K instead of a C. And I'd be like, well, I didn't get fired. Some guy that kind of had the same name as me got fired. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. Now, here are two names that kills me. I'm like, I don't well, get why you got rid of either one of them. Well, one is politics. The other one, it's, again, the other NXT. I had no idea what to do with them. I'm surprised Asuka's still on the fucking roster or Nakamura. But the next two that were released were Nia Jax and Ember Moon. Wow. All right. Nia, I'm going to say, is politics with Charlotte because of that brawl on Raw a couple weeks back. Other stuff, too. uh, Vaccination status. Mm, reportedly so glad you brought that up we're gonna get there buddy and the second one ember moon i don't know man i i feel like she's the nxt person that you just didn't know what to do with but i'm like if you just took a step back she was you know who i kind of she reminds me of was uh victoria or uh when 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 victoria and Trish Stratus were having great matches. It was a girl who could really wrestle, but also did some good flying. And her move was so stunning. Same thing, right? It, with Ember Moon, that uh, total eclipse. I the think eclipse, it was, the that, eclipse. That had, yeah, it was, it was just the eclipse. Yeah, one of the best. How, how do you fuck it up? I don't get it. Um, I will, let me touch on that real quick about the what you said about the uh, vaccination thing. Do you think it's a real thing that it is uh, partially to do with that? I've seen some reports online that some are, most of the people who are released were non-vaxxed. Is that true? Is that what you're reading? I don't know about most of them. I think Nijex is the headliner when it comes to that, but ultimately I don't think it plays into it. Um, The the only reason that I say that is... uh, because I don't see if Roman Reigns said he was unvaccinated and didn't want to get vaccinated that they'd let him go. But but but, but 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 WrestleMania walked away from a a main event and they're like, it's cool. We'll have your title here when you get back. Yeah yeah right yeah. So uh, and the other thing too is it just goes to show you can botch as much as you can. It's just if you're not vaccinated, you'll get released. I guess. I mean that you can look at it that way too. I don't know if that was a perfect segue, but speaking of botch. Eve Marie was released. <laughs> I don't even know if that was a segue, but it was beautiful. It works. I'll take credit. Um, dude, I mean, again, this is someone that I don't even give a shit about her, but it, 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 yeah, good, great, good, get rid of her. But it's more of like, were you not just pushing her with Dewdrop on Raw just a couple of weeks back and all of that stuff? Maybe I missed it. Maybe it's me. I don't know. But this one kills me. You bring up from NXT, Hit Row. I told you, man, I love it. It was the Fugees in wrestling. They actually could rap. They could actually fight. They seem legit, like a good group. Three guys and a girl. They get up to Raw. Vince, ah, we don't need the girl. We don't need the Lauren Hill of the Fugees. Yeah, no, that's the one actually you needed. The rest of them, I mean, Wyclef did all right. But anyway, um... B-Fab, gone. John Morrison's wife, Frankie Monet. She's out of there. This is a funny one. This one makes me laugh. Harry Smith. 
That's right. Son of Davy Boy Smith. Uh, it's like he was signed and never did anything. I think he did like a house show at best. A uh, dark match on a house show. <laughs> yeah, a dark match on a house show. Well, yeah, they're all dark count? matches. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't end up on before Superstars. The, before the fans make it into the arena, we want you to perform in front of the no audience. Um, The rest of Lucha Libre. Grand Metallic and Lance Dorado were never let go. Yeah, they were let go. Um, and several others. Here, man, you know what? I'll be honest with you. At the end of the day, some of these, they're just too old to be traded again. What'd you trade for them? A used mm. puck bag? Woohoo! You know, see, the thing is, they book you, then they give you a dime. And then they let you have a phone call. Next thing you know, you're being released by John Laurinaitis. That's the phone call. Tell him to call him a p- massage parlor. <laughs> you know, looking at the rest of the news here, only a couple other pieces. The first is what you heard in the opening, obviously, CM Punk alluding to. Wow. It was... <laughs> Mm. I, it's so funny because in last week's episode, you and I make reference. I'm like, we need to find a new day to talk because everything happens when we happen to let this show go. And Wednesday morning, Tony Khan announces that John Moxley is entering an alcohol treatment program. And much like punk, good for you. I think it's just... That's so cool because the fact and and not so cool. It's awesome that you could take that step instead of being fired, instead of being um, divorced by Renee, and you know going through things with your your wife and kid. Look, I don't know about you, but I, I listened to the talk as Jericho while traveling in the RV the other day. Perfect time, by the way, to listen to that. Uh, Sunday, I wasn't really... And it was right before uh, the announcement. Yeah, it was weird. It was perfect timing. But Sunday, while I was driving, I listened to the, the Moxley interview. And that, that took place in, in a good time, because I didn't have to find out what was going on on Sunday. <clears throat> anyway. Did, I don't think I finished it. Did he mention that in that podcast? That he was going into rehab yeah. right now? No, no. I don't think so, yeah. No, but there's a part where he talks about, he's like this one chapter or this one part. He's like, I got to get myself in the headspace. Mm. He goes, and it was going back and uh, drinking. He goes, I was slamming beers. Renee came out at like 2.33 in the morning and was like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, I'm writing. And he's, he was trying to get himself back in the headspace of where he was in that time. He goes, like, I was listening to the same music in that era. He goes, and that's it. Oh, that's how you end that chapter. I'm like, wow. And hearing how someone writes a book and putting their entire life story into it, unbelievable. If you haven't listened to Talk is Jericho with the Moxley interview, it's fantastic. He did the book in the way of, he said he took after Willie Nelson. Here's just a bunch of stories, and they get pieced together I like that. era by era. It wasn't in in the words that he said. It's not a linear autobiography. It's just a bunch of random stories. Yep. And in one excerpt, I, I I've read several. Like he said that he sent it over to the editors. He did it all on notes on his phone or on his computer. 
and sent over uh, drafts and was like, don't touch this as all, at all. This is exactly what I'm writing. This is exactly what I'm feeling in this moment. And if it has a timestamp, leave it. And it was Brody's death. Yeah. And, it was, and he's like, I just found out about this, and we've all probably seen the beginning page mm-hmm. on the uh, on the internet, <laughs> on the World Wide Web. But, dude, it seems like it's a very raw book i can't wait to get it and and it's crazy he said he goes i I did it like the opposite from every other wrestler he goes if you're like wwe which stands for world wrestling entertainment and it's owned by vince mcmahon i was like oh dude thank you you skip past the bullshit so you get more real stories it was just i mean he talks about if I'm not mistaken, from what I've read online, he talks about smoking crack. So this is going to be a, a good book if you haven't read it. It's box. But that being said, he did put himself into an alcohol treatment program. Good for you. I'm surprised that Tony went as public as he did. They could have probably would have gotten away with it, I feel like, and just wrote him off TV. He's refusing to come back until whatever. I, I'm just saying... You could have worked something if you wanted to, but they didn't because it was just maybe he wanted to be real. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's what it is. I think Mox. I'm sure Tony let Moxley decide how they wanted to handle it, and Moxley said, "Fuck it, just tell the truth." He doesn't seem like the guy that wants to hide or, you know, <clears throat> just put it out there. And it gave, uh, you know, and it gave Punk, you know, and Punk, you know, obviously was the right person to talk about it. You know, the straight edge society, and that's not just a gimmick; that's a lifestyle for him. Um, and you know, and I think that's absolutely right. It's, it's, it's the courage to, it's not easy, man. You know, there's a lot of shit in my life well, that I need to fix. And, well, and I, and I, I a hundred percent appreciate you saying that because a same here, <laughs> um, no bullshit. But then also to the punk thing, people could look at that and be like, oh, well, yeah, he's a straight edge guy. He should be the guy to say it. Nah, how he did it was if anybody has heard about punk stories, he has no problem hanging around. He's been around when oh, a yeah. homicide is pissed on a, a carpet, and he's laughing harder than anybody. He like he just doesn't want to put substances into his body. It has nothing to do with still being a part of the of hanging with the boys and having a good time or things like that. That's not what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I'm just saying it's it. No, uh, no, yeah. no. But I I know you weren't. I'm saying that some people have kind of already. Online, but like, of course, they let Punk do it because he's Mr. Straight Edge. Ah, I don't think it was that. I think that if anybody could have delivered a perfect message at that exact moment, couldn't have been better than him. Yep. Second person, honestly, Kingston. We'll get into that later, but only because of their relationship. I think he could have probably delivered a very good, passionate promo in talking about Moxley. But the fact, I, I swear to God, I mean, I get goosebumps every time you hear Punko, and I am goddamn proud of him. Just how he did it, I, I give respect to Punk. I give respect, a lot of respect to Moxley, and hope to see him back ha- happier and healthier. On to a couple other bits of news that I think both men that I want to talk about I think are going to be coming to AEW sooner than anybody else. Kyle O'Reilly's contract is set to expire in December. Okay, well, bring him over with Bobby Fish. Please give me Red Dragon. You know that that's one of my favorite teams. I've talked about them before. They are 
oh my god please give me them an ftr i don't know if i would handle it oh i would oh oh and then the other person we're talking about he kind of made a little bit of a mention on the day we recorded last week kevin owens makes mention about the mount rushmore of wrestling and if you guys don't know what he means by that the mount rushmore of wrestling is adam cole the young bucks and kevin steen Goes all the way back to the PWG, uh, you know, guerrilla days. And, and he made a little hint on it. And then the Bucks reply on Raw, M-T-O-W, Mount, or M-R-O-W, Mount Rushmore of Wrestling, because that's what they're known as. All right, do you think Steen Owens is trolling and then what are your thoughts on Kyle O'Reilly? Go ahead. Kyle, uh, you know, I think Kyle is great. I mean, ultimately, I think what we want in AEW, at least what I want, is Undisputed Era. I want them back. Mm-hmm. I want all four of them back together. Let Cole turn on the elite. Um, I'm absolutely okay if Roderick Strong doesn't make it there, though. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. They could recruit somebody else internally from AEW. You could fantasy book the hell out of that. I think that makes sense. I mean, Kyle can still oh go. Oh, my God. Could you imagine Brian Danielson going Dude, heel? There you go. There you go. Like something fun like that, you know what I mean? Being like the actual. Okay, let's move on. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we get fantasy book for days. So, yeah. Oh, that's season four. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. <laughs> I saw uh, uh, Kevin Steen. If I am not mistaken, I don't know this for certain. Uh, I thought I read this somewhere, so we'll have to check it. I, you know, I'm pretty sure he resigned with WWE. God damn it. Yeah. So I feel like after that match at Royal Rumble where you were handcuffed for 45 minutes, or you had Roman handcuffed for 45 minutes at a lower bar and he couldn't stand up oh, yeah. in a last-minute standing Heyman, match. It took Heyman 15 minutes to get the key and figure out how to unlock yeah. it. At that moment right there, I've been like, I quit. I fucking quit. I can't do this. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much it when it comes to news. But as we've talked about, we're going to keep it up with AEW in case you haven't watched their two most important shows. We're going to run down some Rampage and Dynamite results. Opening of result, uh, opening of Dynamite was Kenny Omega defeating Allen Angels, number five of the Dark Order. They had a match a year ago that came really close and Omega won. They teased it. Same kind of thing. After this, CM Punk addresses John Moxley, what we already heard, but also saying that this this Friday at Rampage, I want to call out Eddie Kingston. I want an apology from him. Okay, question before I get too deep into either of this, because I know, man, you got a, you got a very big life, not only as an ODM but also as a doc. Did 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 you get to watch res, uh, results for, or did you get to actually see Dynamite and Rampage? Uh, I only got to see part of Dynamite. Family and I went out for a nice little dinner. Uh, and I did not see Rampage. Okay. So, after this, the Super Click, which is Adam Cole and the Young Bucks, we get into a confrontation with Christian and Jurassic Express that ends with Christian giving a concerto to Adam Cole. Legitimately, like, the next segment, they're like, and don't forget, this Friday on Rampage, Adam Cole will be taking on John Silver. Like, he didn't get two fucking chair shots to the head. I don't know how that didn't 
Never mind. All right. You know what? Hey, I can say I'm a big fan of AEW over WWE, but I will also call you on your bullshit. Yep. Repackage your segment on that idea. Oh, this was a fun one. FTR retained their AAA tag team titles over Aerostar and Samurai Del Sol, which is the former Kalisto, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they basically uh, they basically fought a botch machine and an old minivan. And <laughs> Aerostar. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's phenomenal. I that haven't even put that up. together at all. That's awesome. Great. That's terrible. <laughs> and then, you know, we're going to fast forward to one day ahead. Samurai Del Sol just can't wait to name drop John Huber and oh, or Brody God. Lee and spells it with J-O-H-N only for Chris Jericho to be like, hey, man, that's not how you spell his name. And even worse, Amanda Huber to say something about it and be like, yeah, if you're going to name drop someone and get it right. Kalisto, Samurai Del Sol, he not only botched in the ring, but also on Twitter. <laughs> he <laughs> he uh, wrote, it was the heat of the moment. Okay, I'm going to go a couple of ways with this. Okay, fine. You were in WWE with Luke Harper, a.k.a. Brody Lee, a.k.a. John with with no H, Huber. You, if you're a friend of his, you should know how to spell it. Yes. Especially if you're going to tag, even more so, or in all that. But also, man, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm okay with Jericho, and I know that Amanda Huber's working with AEW, but I'm like, I don't know about her chiming. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I'm a little torn on this. I see both sides. One, he was name-dropping. He's totally name-dropping. I don't know what his yeah. relationship was with, with John Huber, so, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and speculate on that. Right, it could have been um, uh, just a fucking fist bump at, at, in the cafeteria. Dude, and, and let's be honest, I don't know how good his English is. That's not a fucking derogatory statement, man. I don't know how I, good his English is. That was is. the other thing I thought. Now, I was like, what if his phone auto-corrected just... You mean with an H, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. so there definitely is that, that feeling of it could be totally just him name-dropping, uh, and so be it. But does anybody know that for certain? And, you know, Amanda right. would, I think Amanda would know that because she seemed pretty close with John and, and the rest of, you know, the, his WWE family. So uh, it, it seems nitpicky to me at this point. Like, really, we're going to we're gonna quabble because a dude didn't spell his name right? If you really think he was name-dropping, then just move on and fuck him. You're feeding into the whole Twitter sphere. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me with Jericho. Uh, and, and listen, I don't know how Amanda's grieving. I don't know if she's still, you know, just suffering from day to day and she just got pissed off and she's like, fuck you, you idiot. You know, I, I, I don't know. So, you know, I give her yeah. a pass because I don't know what she's feeling. Jericho, we'll talk about him later. All right, that's fair. I, I Well, not too far from later. We're going to talk about him right now. Hey, FT, or after uh, that match right there with FTR, we had Inner Circle. They get to reveal their opponents for the Minneapolis street fight at full gear. I'm going to go back to a movie we did earlier this season, Groundhog Day. Am I right or am I right? Am I right? Am I right or am I right? All right. All right. Right. <laughs> Dude, I knew it was going to be Dan Lambert. 
However, they did a really good tease with um, Paige Van Zant, and she's like, "I'll take on all five of you. I'll I'll take on all five of you guys anytime you want." And then Jericho goes, "Well, that joke just wrote itself." Yeah, excellent. <laughs> it was everything was perfect in the segment, but it will be San uh, Del Santos, Lambert, of course. Uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, and then the other guy. I actually wish they chose both Paige Van Zant and Dan Lambert. I feel like that would have been way more entertaining. Either way, good segment. I was right. We'll move on. <laughs> Jamie Hayter defeated Anna Jay in the TBS tourney. Yep, sure. Yeah, yeah. MJF comes out and addresses... Darberino! Darby Allen. Darby's sitting in the crowd and he says that Darby is, you know, all you care about is putting your body on the line, whatnot, and and going for the hardcore moments. Darby responds saying, I'm going to wrestle you, but I'm also going to win and I'm going to, you know, embarrass you. Pretty good brawl because then Sting comes down with a bunch of guys with the paper cut masks like Darby wears. Right. Darby gets to corner MJF in the crowd. They get to have a little brawl. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I yeah, liked I, it. I, yeah, I, I, you I could bring this feud from here all the way to the end of 2022, and I'll be fine with it. It's a great build. You have any, you're having just a regular match at full gear. Beautiful start. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I liked this. I liked that uh, Darby brought him out in the crowd. Usually when they wrestle in the crowd, I'm not too big of a fan. But, you know, Darby was talking to the crowd, you know, with his arms, you know, basically saying part to see, part to see, because I'm coming after this guy. Uh, nice bump over the guardrail. I like. Oh. I liked it. Yeah, it, it was really nice. When he was telling, oh, my God, thank you so much for re-bringing that back up. I forgot about that. The part to see part was just And they sick. did. Nobody. everybody's no- like, oh, you got it, Darby. Yep. Here, man, we'll move every one of these chairs if you're going to kick him in the face. Look, yeah, it, it, people it was, yeah. love to hate MJF. Mm-hmm. We love MJF. But let me ask you, did you boo him when he was in Rochester? Uh, I think I was too much on the edge of my seat trying to hear what he was going to say next. So I don't know if I actually <laughs> he did bring him. up some really crazy <laughs> shit. That I, that's a night that he said the whole uh, "mime on a skateboard" routine, <laughs> school shooter, or school shooting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. This is uh, right, this is great. Let's... Initially, I was going to talk about you know uh, later. I was going to talk about uh, you know the, the pillars and what they're doing with it, uh, what they're doing with MJF and Darby right now. I'm a fan of it. Um, Nobody should lose in this. No matter who loses, the feud, the matches, nobody comes out on the wrong side of this. Uh, they're, they're just, I, they're, I think that they're booking it good. Everybody's 100% behind Darby. Everybody's 100% in booing um, MJF. You've got a true baby face, a true heel. Uh, they could really do, do you something know the with type this. Of work? Do you know what type of work WWE would have to do would have to do to make all of that happen naturally? Like the booze, the cheers, the right build up. Yeah. And I gotta a say A lot in post. We oh yeah. Oh my god. MJF is gonna win this and he's gonna win it dirty, and that's how both guys go over. Like yep. you just said. Both guys come out clean. Um Andrade Del Rio, 
And did, oh, oh, that's Andrade El Idolo. I, I, God, same fucking gimmick. Same letters, you know. <laughs> Andrade Del Alberto defeated Cody Rose, and it was with some help from FTR with some AAA tag team titles to the face. Hey, I don't care how it's done. If Cody Rose loses, I'm good with it. I sent you guys a great meme earlier this week. It was fantastic. It was like how to play the new career mode in WWE 2K. <laughs> you get into NXT. You go up to WWE. You get a new complete character change. You get released. Game ends. Please start AEW game. Face Cody Rose. <laughs> yeah. It's real. It's funny because it's true. It's funny because it's true. Um, which is cool. I think we're still building towards a match I'm going to talk about very soon when it comes to Cody and Malachi Black and all the stuff going on with Andrade. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I oh, please go on. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I, I really like Andrade. I hope they, they do him a little more justice. Um, so we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, if you were going to, I just say- hope they give him a announcer named Ricardo Rodriguez. Oh, wait, nope. Okay. If you were about to head to the main event, if you don't mind, I- I'd like to take this just because it's near and dear to my heart. My man. Hey, could they have given the place to anybody better? Go for it. So obviously Moxley was supposed to face Orange Cassidy, and that's where we assumed he was going to turn full bore heel, and that's where we got scared that Orange Cassidy was going to end up with a world title shot eventually. Uh, so Miro, who ended up cutting a promo earlier in the evening, which is a fucking great promo. His promos have been fantastic lately. Um, basically talking to God. I love it. Uh, Miro ends up facing Orange Cassidy. And guess what happened? Do you know what fucking happened? The most logical, the most the smartest, the most righteous thing you could have done here. He fucking Orange squ- Cassidy won with a Superman punch. He squashed and made orange juice. That was terrible. I'm sorry. It was an easy way out. But Miro fucking just (laughs) obliterated Cassidy. I was ecstatic. I was beside myself. Way to go, AEW. Keep pushing Miro. This is the best we've ever seen him. And right before... Now, if you didn't read the the news about this, Miro was brought in like the day of and was brought in like... While Dynamite was already on the air, he was driving into the arena. And look, we could give some shit to Orange, man, but good for you on both of you putting a match together in minutes, whatever it could have been, before going live. I wouldn't have known until the, in, until they said it the next day that he didn't get in there. I'm like, I would have thought he was backstage the whole time, just ready to go. And that was the guy that they planned on. And did you see the the promo that Miro cut before this whole thing? Yeah, that's he what I goes, was, yeah. He goes, I'm going to win this, and I may be bald, but at least I am not chicken shit. Man, that was good. You're welcome. Anyway, let's talk about what happened on Rampage real quick. Uh, Brian Danielson defeated Anthony Bowens and uh, Bowens, and they made a little reference to John Laurinaitis in this one here. Did you catch that? No, one? no, Did you I didn't to hear that. I'm gonna drop you like your stepfather does. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Then this is where my entire weekend became. Just so fantastic and enriched with wrestling and loving wrestling again. Um, look, I'm not trying to be Mr. Mark on CM Punk. And this has nothing 
to do with punk, I think, in this interview. Take a listen. You want an apology. That's what you wanted. That's what you said Wednesday, right? Answer me when I'm talking to you. You don't like that. I love it. Look, I understand it sounds a little bit condescending when somebody asks another man for an apology, but you interrupted me, man. Don't paint me into a corner like I'm the bad guy here. You interrupted me. Yes, I interrupted the great CM Punk. Oh, no. I'm, oh, God. I will apologize. You know what, man? You're right. You're right. I want to apologize that I was at home sick, thinking I had COVID, had to get tested twice, so I wouldn't come here, get, God forbid, get my friend Monkey sick, and then he gets his kid sick. But you know what? That doesn't matter, because I need to apologize, because you know what, guys? You didn't get the great CM Punk for it's Orange Cassidy. I'm sorry, and for you, this is the world's smallest violin, and it's playing for your little ass. So, I apologize to you guys. Who are you? Who are you? Huh? Who are you? Hey, give me a second. Give me a second. Who are you? It doesn't Tell sound like much are. of an apology. You know damn well who I am. I do. I do. I'm hey, telling you, go, you let him go, Eddie. Let him go. Let him go. Yeah, you it. know who I am, and St. Louis knows who I am. I don't give a crap. So watch yourself. I don't care. I'm going to tell everyone the truth who you are. Ladies and gentlemen, give me a second. This man was once a hero of mine. Guys like him, Samoa Joe, Homicide, the amazing Red, guys like that on the independence when I first broke in, inspired me with my heroes. But you, you low-life scumbag, two-faced, narcissistic bitch. You, you, give me a second. You judged me. I came to that locker room to get free. Free from my mental crap. Free from the streets. I came to that locker room for brotherhood, and all you did was judge me. Because why, I was fat? Why, because I like to eat a little bit? Why? Because uh, I didn't play everyone's game. I didn't kiss ass. I didn't become friends with the booker. I didn't bury other people to get my own stuff in. So I was wrong. No, you were wrong. You were wrong. That's what I know. That's the punk I know. I hear you lumping a lot of baggage on me, but you, you named a couple other people in there. And if you want to know the truth, the truth is, it wasn't just me that judged you. It was me, it was Homicide, it me. was Joe, it was Danielson. And listen, it's a hard pill to swallow, but we judged you and we held you to a standard of the potential that we saw in you. You're the one who fell short of that mark. You can blame me, and you can lose in the middle of the ring to a guy like Brian Danielson, and then you can walk in the back, and you can try to blame me, but it's not my fault. 
I am not wrong for seeing greatness in you 15 years ago, but I damn sure am a fool for trying to hold you to that standard and expect greatness because you're a bum. My man, when a bum made a vet full gear, when a bum almost have to sell his house because of the pandemic, but keep fighting through to make it to the, hey, this is a shot, the only professional wrestling company in the world today. It's not a bum, it's not a bum. I need you guys to understand this and hear this, and I need you to open up your ears and hear this. Nobody wants you here, they never wanted you here. That whole locker room's afraid to say it, not me. So get out and stop smirking at me like you did the other day, or I'll smack you right off your face. This is 15 years of animosity, you 15 years of tension. You know what? I see you're getting a little mad. Why don't you fight me on the 13th? Why don't you fight me at full gear? I'll be honest with you, St. Louis. I didn't intend to leave without fighting Eddie Kingston, but Eddie, again, full gear, a little bit high bar for you. I was thinking something like elevation or dark. Something more your speed. Damn, let's cut his Oh, no. You're a coward. You're a coward. Fight me. Fight me. Fight me. Fight me. Fight me. Don't. Fight me. Fight me at full gear. Fight me. These guys are going to go right now. Forget it. They're going to go. Eddie. I'm telling you, they're going to go I right now. I hope he slaps them right in his face. They're going to go. I'm going to ask my friends in St. Louis, you want to see CM Punk fight Eddie Kingston at full gear? Oh. I'll see you on the 13th. Oh! Wait, 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 wait. Before you leave, I don't care about winning and losing at full gear. All I'm gonna do is beat you up. And after I'm done beating you up, do me a favor, quit again and leave for seven years and don't come. Oh, whoa! See, I'm pumped a headbutt. Yeah, so what? I like to eat. You got a problem with that, punk? No, hang on. <laughs> I do like that line. Look it, that was as real as any face-to-face I have ever seen, even in a real-life situation. And it looks fantastic. It makes me want to buy the pay-per-view off of that match alone. Your world title match between Kenny Omega and Adam Page? Sorry, not doing it for me. Do I want to see Lucha Brothers and FTR? Yeah, seems good. Punk and Eddie Kingston is one of those I cannot miss matches. This promo, you need it just one night of them in the ring together all the way to a headbutt. And as you hear the, you can disappear for another seven years. Holy shit. As we say on this show, take my money. (laughs) What do you think, Ben? My favorite line was, you want me to put you to sleep again? I've done it before. 
Dude, it was everything yeah. was just fantastic. Yeah. What I loved was Kingston. If you kept hearing him, wait, you want an apology from me? If you see him, he drops the mic and says to the crowd, this fucking guy. You could watch his mouth go, this fucking guy, multiple times. And I was like, oh my God. Like I said, it seems so real. It's like, oh my God, pop him in the mouth. One of the dome, go take him out. <laughs> like I'm a punk fan, but he made punk look bad in that promo in a good way. Like it's what you needed. Bad means and good. Punk held his. It, it, yeah, it, it it was punk held his own, but it was just fantastic. The whole thing, awesome. So if anything else, that's what I'm excited for this Saturday. Um, Red Velvet defeated the Bunny in the TBS tournament title thingy, Bobber. Look at man, I can't get sold on this TBS title, man. I barely am sold on the women's title as it is. Yeah. But Adam Cole. Hallelujah. All of a sudden came back from a concerto only a two days ago and defeats John Silver in the Johnny main event Hungy. of Rampage. That's true. Look at man, the fans are standing up to them, the security guards are standing up to them, the peanut vendors are standing up to them. By God. By golly, if I could get down there, I'd be standing up to them. Nice. Very nice. They You're brought welcome. their fucking toys with them. <laughs> yeah, they're having playing with their toys and with themselves. Too dumb to play with so... themselves. <laughs> well, you know, if we're going to be honest with each other, you know, that reminds me of this time that I was coaching in Omaha in 1948. <laughs> I had this guy, Eddie Shore, he sends me this guy who was a terrible masturbator. You know, couldn't control himself. Why, well, he would get deliberately penalty, deliberate penalties just so he can get himself put in the penalty, the penalty box all by himself. Damned if he wouldn't. Well, you know. <laughs> Piss on Eddie Shores. All right, man. Hey, <laughs> old time hockey tonight. It's our. <laughs> it's the full gear go home dynamite show tonight. We're gonna get a contract signing between Kenny Omega and Adam Page. Omega is gonna be going through the table. Didn't even read spoilers. Just guessing. Brian Danielson will be taking on Rocky Romero, making his AEW debut. Man, I'm a huge fan. Of Romero from Ring of Honor to New Japan all the way to now. Cool. Excited about that. One half of FTR, Dax Harwood, taking on Pac. Matt Seidel is now teamed up with Lee Moriarty. Moriarty. God damn it. How do you say it? Moriarty. Moriarty. Like the old Sherlock villain. Versus Leo Rush and Dante Martin. This would be a good high flyer match. I bet you it'd be. Kind of fun to watch. Spot fest. Then we also have a six-man women tag with Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Rebel versus Kay Conti, Anna Jay, and Thunder Rosa. Did yeah, you I purposely just, called her that. You just, you just said a six-man women's tag team match. <laughs> I bet you I'm not the first person I've ever said that, though. <laughs> it is a six-man women man tag. <laughs> Whoa, man. <laughs> Whoa, man. Boy, heat. And now also this rampage will be the go-home rampage. But now let's talk about what we know so far for this Saturday night's full gear. Just yes. talked about A-T-U-R. it. We got CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. Night. 
Hey. <laughs> or just keep wow. it with the movie. <laughs> wow, the movie just went well. Wow. I couldn't resist them. If sorry. you want my body <laughs> and you think. Oh, we may have switched up movies this week, everybody. <laughs> we have a piper down. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. Did you read the paper? <laughs> I find it odd that you you call the National Enquirer the paper. All right. CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. We have Jurassic Express teaming with Christian, taking on Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. Darby Allen versus MJF. The Minneapolis Street Fight with American Top Team versus the Inner Circle. The World Title Eliminator Finals with Miro taking on Brian Danielson. AEW's Women Title where Britt Baker AEW's Women Title where Britt Baker will defend against Tay Conti. The Lucha Tag Team. Jesus Christ, what am I? I feel like I'm reading dyslexically. Okay, AEW Tag Team Titles. The Lucha Brothers will defend against FTR. And Adam Page will challenge Kenny Omega for the world title. Any upsets, anything that you see out of the ordinary. Because for me, Omega retains, Lucha's retain, Britt Baker retains. And I think Brian Danielson goes over and the rest, I don't necessarily care who wins loser draws punk wins yeah i really don't give a shit about the minneapolis street fight i'd let you know i love pride our problem powerful santana ortiz love them uh we'll get into the rest later i i think the super elite or whatever they call it super click uh, they're they're gonna win um I, I don't think there's gonna be any title changes what i really would have liked to see what i really would have liked to see is uh uh, uh you know maybe like a two-fall match for the tag titles one fall for the AAA and one fall for the AEW, and swap them. Wow. That's what I wanted. Wow. Put the AAAs on the Luchas and put the AEW on fucking FTR. Last week's idea. You should have had the fake Razor have people kick out of the Razor's Edge. Oh. Yeah, right? And you're on fire, dude. Yeah, that's why they call me the doctor. The only other rumored match is Cody Rose teaming with Pac versus Malachi Black and Andrade Del Rio, which we can find out may be happening tonight on Dynamite or this Friday on Rampage. But now, let's time to get some wood. Just bring it, bitch! Worst segue ever. It wasn't the worst, but you could have said lumber at least, you know, fucking, you know, kind of reference, you know, the uh, kind of the backdrop of uh, what we're talking about here today. All right. Well, let me start by saying there are some wrestlers that, you know, how they say some guys make the title and some guys the title makes them. You got guys who just are great in the ring, and then sometimes when the right production is behind them, they just seem to be sh- a shining star. I mean, later's, later in the years, you zoom in and you see he has really a crooked eye. But a produced HBK is the best HBK. Just recently, I decided to rewatch one of my favorite. Favorite promos of all time. It was heading into WrestleMania 14. It is the promo of two Texas boys going at it at WrestleMania for the WWF title. Stone Cold Steve Austin from Victoria. And Shawn Michaels from, of course, San Antonio. 
This video made Sean look like a million bucks. The more I watched it, I was like, God damn, he's the greatest of all time. The video ended. I'm like, ah, ah, it was a video. It was a video. It was a video. Okay, hang on. Sometimes production can really fool you and how someone is just so good. Um, I'm like, wow, they showed so many cool parts of him super kicking everybody. I'm like, yeah, it's the same shit over and over. Wait, I could do that with John Cena. Same thing. My point is, is a produced HBK is a great HBK. But if you don't know which promo I'm talking about, it's the lead up to WrestleMania 14. It's about eight to nine minutes long. That was a part of a Raw. We're going to get there in two years from now, probably. But, uh, you know, great promo. It's one of those packages that made you go, yeah, I have to buy this pay-per-view. I got to watch for this match. They just don't make really good pay-per-view main event type match packages that they used to. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, it, Yeah, it, WWF has, still has great production value. AEW actually has pretty great production value, too. The problem is the content of the packages is often underwhelming. Yeah, you have to have uh, you have to have what on dynamite. You have to be selling me right now with a video package. Show me last year Omega and and Page because right now all we're doing is Page comes down every now and then Omega uh, powders and and Page grabs the title and dangles it and it's like, come on man, show me some other stuff. Show me why I should be invested in the tag titles. Where, where Hangman almost hit him Thank with the you. lariat. Yeah, yeah. Why are you not showing any of this? We're yeah. we're legitimately. This we know weekend is the pay per view, but we yeah, still want to see but it. Why are you not? You're pulling the WWE move. Not cool. Not cool. All right, man. What do you want to bring to the table this week? Yeah, I changed it. I, I put something. You know, I, talk, I was talking about talking about the pillars, but you know, you've talked about that a lot. We've talked about that a lot. Um, you know, something that is just uh, you know we, we've mentioned in passing a lot, especially talking about the weekly shows from AEW. It's time for Chris Jericho to go. The inner circle did some good stuff. Uh, obviously not the stadium stampede matches, but it's 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 time. Guevara's over. Uh, Ortiz, Santana are over. Nobody cares about Hager anyway. Uh, it's it's just time to move on, Jericho. Um, I I don't think he's a good booker. Uh, I like him as a commentator. I don't man. mind him as a commentator. It should be occasional at best. Um. Let him be a coach. You be a producer. I, I just I don't you know who he reminds me of on commentary is Piper. That natural excitement that oh my god, baby! Oh, can you believe that? Like and, and it it works. But as probably coach, has about the 100%. same same probably has the same vocal talent as Piper too. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Hey, man. I'm Just man. some English anyway, pig with no at... brain. Oh, Jesus. I 100% agree with you. I think Jericho, it's time for him to maybe move on and do something a little bit different. But, you know, you just be the next DDP success story. I, I could be okay with that. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man. While uh, Nightwing talks, you take the van. I'll keep the dog. Nobody in the whole building but us, Nightwing. Wing. Eh? It's Nightwing. Really? Huh. Guess I was thinking of that goofy mullet you used to have. 
Yeesh, that was like a whole decade of bad hair days. This is such good shit. Hey everybody, this is Nightwing. You know, ah, goodness gracious, I gotta say it. WWE news this week is depressing because I don't even know what the roster is going to be for the 2K22 game because their roster is changing so rapidly now. But I like to keep it positive. So I want to talk about one good piece of news I've heard this week, and it's not wrestling related directly. It is wrestling adjacent. So you know what? At me if you want. But the big thing is... Vin Diesel has apparently reached out to The Rock on Twitter and other platforms to have The Rock appear in the last installment of the Fast series. They're saying it's going to be a finale. I hope it is because, well, I buy all the doggone movies. I have all of them. And if another one comes out, I'm going to buy it even if I don't watch it because I want them all here. However, the fact of the matter is Vin Diesel wants him in that movie. And, like, I just watched the last movie just a few weeks ago. Honestly, yes, I'm behind the times. But the Vin Diesel wants The Rock in that movie. And in the last movie, everyone had a reference or an appearance except for Eva Mendez and The Rock. And I don't foresee Eva showing back up in the last movie. But if they're going to do a finale, they absolutely need the Hobbs character in the finale movie. So I hope The Rock comes back and does that for them because it needs to put a nail in the coffin of that franchise. And like, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I love the franchise, but we're talking about 10 movies plus from what 2001 was the earliest movie so we're at 20 years of this franchise please end it if they're going to end it the rock has to be in it to end that movie so anyway that's what i got for you guys today have a great day at me or nightwing nightwing nobody gives a fuck Yo, I'm sorry, brother. I'm on the same page. I kind of lost it once they went to Tokyo Drift. <laughs> I saw it. I'm like, wait a minute. Is this the same movie? Or I didn't care. I didn't care after the first fucking one. It's a Honda 2000. Great, bro. Cool story. <laughs> Can we talk about none of them ever stopped to get gas? I mean, like, you can't tell me not none of them fucking need gas ever. They're not like at the gas station phone up. All right, so when we go hijack this truck later, right? Well, it's a two-hour movie that takes place over, like, you know, a month, so. Yeah, there's only so much you could do with Vin Diesel's uh, whispering acting. Uh, I'm was... sorry. Yeah. Look, man, hey, Nightwing, I'm cool. I'm, 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 I'm glad that it is a little bit, as the word you use, I love the word, adjacent to wrestling. It is adjacent to wrestling with The Rock, but... About as far as it goes. About Fast Furious to me is about as bad as booking as uh, Vince McMahon's uh, booking in WWE nowadays. But we could always go back to 96 and see how things were. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? What, do we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! 
a war, you're gonna get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the battle lines have been drawn! D-Generation X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass! Have a nice day! We got you! I'm your man, I'm your man, I'm your man, I'm, I'm your man, I'm your man. Yo, did you know that Roddy Piper... I'm listening to the fucking, fucking song! <laughs> yeah, that's great working in. That could have been the national... That's 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 fantastic. Great job. <laughs> it's Monday Night Wars. You know, we talked about a... Go home show for full gear. Well, it's a go home show for Survivor Series 1996. And we also have the Hall of Fame that's going to be happening in the same weekend. And we got Nitro happen at this time. So, oh, yeah, break everything down. What happened on the 11th of November? So it's actually Milton Bradley. Karate Fighters Survivor Series. Though they don't go to the length that WCW did with Slim Jim Halloween Havoc. Though I bet you Slim Jim's paid a lot more money. That's just my If they cents. only had a tournament where people were sword fighting with Slim Jims, the, the way that they're doing these karate fighter uh, little boxer tournaments. Dude, this week... Last week, all right, I made a mess up. I'm like, oh, I thought he was the guy that was announcing. This week, he's in the goddamn tournament. I'm excited. Let's move on. All this right. is awesome. <laughs> so we open up with Bulldog and Owen uh, versus HBK and Sid. This is for the tag titles. Uh, they do a big recap of what led us here. Uh, Stone Cold's backstage. He runs down McMahon. This is going to be common moving forward. Uh, they mentioned Brett's in the arena, and then we get a video package breaking down the Brett Austin feud uh, from Brett's point of view, and it ends with his music hyping up the match coming up at Survivor Series. Uh, HBK ends up in the ring, stranded for a while, Sid's the hot tag. Uh, Bulldog ends up dodging a super kick, which ends up hitting Sid. Uh, Bulldog gets the pin. Owen comes in, knocks out HBK with a nice enziguri. Uh, and then they do a superstar line. Who will be the mystery partner at Survivor Series? We're going to get back to that in a second. Uh, and then Kevin Kelly's backstage. Sid and HBK have been separated by the officials, and he's going to get interviews with both of them. Um, after that, i got to be honest, man. Sid, to me, I think he's a criminal element. Worst kind of wrestler today. <laughs> that was a deep pull. I like that. I like that. Thank you. I, officer, I know Toe Blake. Uh, after that, we get. <laughs> Don't ever play Lady of Spain again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, hey, hey. That is some good shit. I like it. I'm working. Professor, I'm working. You suck cock. What's crazy is I feel like I, I actually get the reference because of this movie, so. I'll take the compliment. Thank you. All right, there you go. Uh, we got Dyke Hendricks hyping up the car for Survivor Series. So we're getting uh, a couple of uh, Survivor Series matches. Uh, one is Farouk. Va- well, uh, so the ones that they hype up here, Farouk, Vader, fake Razor and fake Diesel versus Savio Vega, Yokozuna, 
the new arrival of Flash Funk mm-hmm. and a mystery partner. Oh, boy. Uh, the other one is Godwins and some new developmental tag team. I didn't even catch their names or bother to write them down. I don't know if they're that important. I breezed by it. I didn't recognize Doug their Doug and Philip LaFon. Now, there you go. Uh, versus Bulldog Let Owen. me ask you a question, ODM. How far? I, I, I'm not sure. Sometimes, you know, you get into homework. You're like, that's some interesting homework. I want to see what the next problem is. Not really, but you know what I mean. I gotcha. Have you ever Have you ever moved on into the next week? Not into the next week, no. So, had some time. While we had been some, doing some traveling, I had some time at night, and not only did I get to watch both this week's Raw and Nitro, I also watched Survivor Series Raw and Nitro for next week. Nice. Um, that being said, the only reason I remember, you said some un, some unknown tag team, some guys you never heard of, it is Doug Furness and Philip LaFon. I will speak more of them next week when it's more relevant. Right now, it's not. On with Raw. There we go. Uh, we got Kevin Kelly at Sid's dressing room. He's banging. Uh, you can hear Sid banging on the door. Said he's letting him cool off before he does the interview. Uh, next, we get Mankind with Bear and Executioner versus Freddie Joe Floyd. Uh, one of my new favorite jobbers. Uh, Taker has. <laughs> Dude, it's amazing. <laughs> You have Scott Armstrong in WCW is the big jobber. Freddie Joe Floyd in, in WWF at this time. Kind of fun to go back and see the old school jobbers. Hell yeah, definitely. Who really have shouldn't be jobbers. They really in a territory system. They probably could have been some you know decently big names. But that's besides the point. Uh, Taker hasn't been on TV since. Freddie Joe up. Floyd. Yeah. He's like our president. <laughs> all, right, that, all right, go ahead, please. I'm sorry. It on. was it was a squash, <laughs> and we get the gong afterwards. The lights flicker and dim, and the cage comes down again. It's the effigy of Bear hanging upside down in the cage, and you hear Taker's voice on the PA uh, saying, "A new age of." Darkness begins kind of transitioning into the new, the next stage of the Undertaker character. Um, fucking mankind just bum rushes the cage several times. The first time he's like, ah, 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 total Peter Griffin family guy moment. <laughs> uh, after that, we get the Hall of Fame spot, uh, Killer Kowalski and the Valiant Brothers. Uh, some big names there from back in the day. Uh, next, we get, if you ever watched the Monday Night War series uh, that WWE produced, uh, they do one that basically about The Rock, and they talk about how he broke out into WWF. Uh, and this is uh, the package that they show in that episode. Um, he's the first third-generation wrestler in WWF, uh, and they talk about his father and grandfather making their names for themselves in MSG, and that's where he's going to be making his debut in. Uh, and they showed a clip of him uh, introducing his father into the Cauliflower Alley Club, which honestly is a bigger deal than the WWF WWE Hall of Fame. So, is that like a chicken a chicken wing eating contest, but it's like cauliflower? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Move on. <laughs> that was, I don't know if it was in poor taste. Good. Oh, come on. <laughs> Whatever. Move on. Uh, Kevin Kelly finally gets his interview with Sid. And he goes, he says, you know, you know, I, I saw the match. You know, it looked like an honest, honest mistake. Shut your mouth. Listen, this was a pretty fucking good promo by Sid. I liked it. It's what made him psycho Sid. You know, we, we know all too much about him throughout the years. Uh, but this was a pretty fucking good promo. 
Nah, he the, the last couple of weeks have been pretty solid. Someone was reading their lines. <laughs> We're live, pal. Uh, after that, we get Austin backstage, tells Vince to knock it off. Like I said, this is going to be constant moving forward. Uh, he's going to be facing Bob Holly later. Uh, cuts a promo on Brett. After that, uh, what you've been waiting for, uh, the Karate Fighters Holiday Tournament. This week, it's Sable versus Doc Hendricks. Carve Elbert. This was also heavily talked about in the Attitude Era DVD. <laughs> yes. Last week I had mentioned when you you said you thought it was it's Carve Albert it's supposed to be Marv Albert, all right? It's Carve Albert. Fantastic. Uh Sable wins and yeah. Okay. Uh hey, well, you know what? At, at the end of the day with Sable winning, you know what? I I I think about women. You know, I I think about women's bodies. Now maybe all that'll change. Maybe I'll wind up sleeping with old backstage announcers. That's that's yeah that that's that wasn't too bad yeah, yeah. yeah you pulled the line so I mean that's that's a start itself you still yeah well, we'll get into that later uh, this time it was Kevin like Gumby Kelly. it was a stretch <laughs> it wasn't a stretch no, I think you did good you did give it I'll give it an eight uh, Kevin Kelly's uh, this time interviewing HBK um, says it was a mistake but I still knocked her ass out and that's what's gonna happen in Survivor Series uh, he actually calls Brett out as well basically saying all these people you know you know talking shit about me so uh, he's definitely keeping things broad which is good as the champion you don't want to hyper focus on you know you can make the argument you want to hyper focus but he's keeping brett in the equation so i thought that was good uh main event austin versus bob holly uh jr joins commentary finally uh brett's watching on the monitor backstage it's so interesting to see before they went to that weird angle where people were watching TV at an unnatural angle so you could see the TV and their face. Um, they start with an angle behind him, shoulder view, uh, and then one in front. I can't say it was much better, but it's better than the shit they do now. Uh, so, yeah, and then they are teasing we're getting Austin versus Vader next week. I can't wait to watch that. Uh, and then we get another Austin Brett video package. This time it's from Austin's perspective, ends with his music, showing the date for Survivor Series and all that. Um, it, it's a squash, as you'd expect. And Austin, as said, he says, heads to the back to look for Brett. Here's the best part. He goes to Brett's door, starts banging on him, <laughs> and says to the camera, he says, you'd like me to beat him up for free, wouldn't you? Well, you're going to have to pay to see it. And then at one point, he fucks up. Wait, stop. Wait, can I guess what it is? Yeah. Wait, before, not guess. On the count of three, we'll say it for fun. I feel for prosperity, I feel like we're going to both say the same exact thing. The exact botch or fuck up, ready at the same time. One, two, three. The The door door wasn't locked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yo, I watch him go, well, it's locked, and the thing jiggles open and closed. It literally opened. It literally opened. Literally opened. That was, I'm so glad that we just did that, because I was like, did he catch that? Oh, ODM had to have caught that. There's no way he didn't catch that. I can't wait to talk about it. Good. Way to call it out. Good for you. All you had to do was make sure that door was locked. That's all you had to do. You just had to make sure that door was locked. That's all you had to do. You didn't have to do that. Have someone to sit on the other side or send them to a door that's already pre-locked. Send them to a pre-locked door in that place. The thing didn't even say Bret Hart. Did you see what it said? Bret. Ah. Not Bret Hart. 
Brett. It just Brett. Bert. You could have put that anywhere in the entire arena. It's Bert. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> oh my god! I I goddamn. Hey, of all the nights, hey, hey, of all the episodes to uh, have a hat trick bumper. What the hell? Should have worked. That's something out true. That. <laughs> all right. Anyway. All right. So that was raw. Moving on to Nitra. Uh, Shivani and Zabisco open as usual. Uh, there's a guy in the crowd behind them with an envelope. It looks like, you know, like a manila envelope. Uh, and he's holding it up, and a dude rushes out from behind the camera, and that guy gets carried away. What it led to was underwhelming and not a great payoff, but the initial viewing of that, not knowing what it was, it got your blood going. And what's crazy about it, I think both ends of it, the initial guy coming in gets your blood flowing, and then the reveal really gets some blood flowing. But, you know, to me, I got to say this. If you are a fan of wrestling, you know, I have to confess, I never let children watch wrestling. I have a theory that children imitate what they see on a TV screen. If they see violence, they become violent. If they see someone stick up a bank, they're going to stick up a bank. Hurricane Rana, heroin, you name it. Well, you better watch out. That kid's going to end up with a cock in his mouth. <laughs> I have no idea why I haven't seen this movie before, <laughs> but prior to all this, goddamn. All right. So, with that all being said. How do you segue? And Nitro happened. <laughs> All right, thanks for <laughs> All right, what happened in Nitro? All right. Uh, they're talking about uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett's going to be facing Benoit later tonight. It's going to be a baptize- baptism of fire for Jarrett. Uh, they recapped the whole promo where basically Benoit and Mongo are not accepting Jarrett as part of the Horseman. Uh, and that's the match that we open with. Uh, we get our Sullivan and Hart promo basically talking shit on woman and Benoit. Um, booking his own divorce, <laughs> you know, and we, we've, we've talked about it before. This is, uh, this is really where it starts to ramp up and hit its apex that he's booking his own divorce. Um, we get a world war three. I feel so cringy. Watching it, it is. It is just creepy. knowing where I'm it just goes. like, as I see it, I'm just like, oh, God, just tell me this ends next week. Yeah. I can't keep watching this yeah, shit. Unfortunately it doesn't. Uh, uh, world war three promo card subject to change. Uh, Fucking out of nowhere, Sting just comes to the ring and death drops Jeff Jarrett while Benoit's out on the outside of the ring. Big, you know why? Big pop. Because he found out that he wasn't the original singer of Spending My Days Working Hard on the Go, but the hands on the clock keep spinning too slow. Boom! I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. It's a it's a boo hat trick. That's what I went for. Oh, put some Griffin on it. But <laughs> with my baby, then. <laughs> All right. Um, I do like that. After the whole thing, Sting death drops him, walks off. Woman goes to Benoit and goes, "He's not one of us. He's Jarrett is for WCW. Pick him up." I, 
the look on Benoit's face. I just beat this dude's ass for like several minutes. Now you want me to pick him up? And when he picks him up, he actually gets face to face with him. Like, like uh, he almost says something. Takes to him. a swipe like, at him. Benoit keeps and keep, but keeps a good character. Like in his face, like he screams something at him, or, or like mumbles, and then takes that swipe at him. Like you're saying, and the whole thing was really. Uh, it's funny because Jarrett wins the match, but it was all a big schmoz because of Sting. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Turn uh, the lights off, close the door. So right after all that happens, they go to a break, and Zabisco goes, bad time for a break. No shit. Uh, we come back, and uh, we're back with Shivani and Zabisco. Uh, the guy with the envelope's back. Uh, they take it. Uh, it's Ken McDade. Uh, it has a tape in it from Europe in 92, and, uh, uh... I like how Zabisco goes, is there a bomb in there? Dude. <laughs> Just calls it right out. I like, I was I like, like cool, because that's fair. I like how Zabisco got up like he was going to beat the dude's ass. That's what I liked, because I still, at yeah. this point, was like, I'm guessing this is a work, but the way Zabisco got up, like, I'm going to fucking punch you. Not the first time we're going to see this dude get a little active today. Bingo. Uh, yeah, so uh, they talk about Flair rehabbing his pa- uh, shoulder. They, they do a package, a video package, uh, with Dr. Jim Andrews, a very famous uh, sports uh, surgeon. Uh, it's his rotator cuff that has an injury. They kind of go over the injury. It's a four-month ma- four rehab. Uh, this doctor, uh, Jim Andrews, is from the South because uh, he says, you know, he's been wrestling all his life. <laughs> Just... <laughs> you can go in there and just fucking do amazing shit with people's like the the most severe types of like orthopedic injuries, but wrestling. <laughs> He's been a wrestling. That's why you're the doc. It's, it's a, I guess so. Yeah, I guess I should have fucking given more insight into this if I was prepared. Yeah, could have gone over the whole procedure. Uh, but you know what? It's true. I got a one-track mind, because it's hard to concentrate with a girl like mine. I can't wait. See, now that needs to be a new hat trick for the show. Please, God, no. Oh, come on. A with my baby tonight hat trick? We can make it a with my baby boo hat trick, because there's going to be a boo following each one. (laughs) Hang on. I can already hear it. With my baby tonight. Boo, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, move so. on. All right, uh, next we get the next uh, match in our women's title uh, tournament. It's Malia Hosaka versus Bull Nakano. I mean, Zero with Sunny Ono. Uh, Thank you. It's actually not Bull Nakano. It just looks like her. Uh, get out of here. Yeah, it, it's uh, Shigusa. Is it her Na- sister? Shigusa Nag- Nagayo, who was in the Gaia promotion. She's actually Is that the baby D? champion. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you which don't I, know Baby D. <laughs> which I believe is <laughs> she knows about the new Baby she D knows, knows all- she knows about the new little Debbies before they even come out. Why have we never talked about this? They 15s, but they still dope. <laughs> Okay, okay. Move on. (laughs) (laughs) We got nut butters. (laughs) Little Debbie. (laughs) Jesus Christ. All right, I'm sorry. Wait, so baby D. (laughs) There is something that needs to be talked about here. It was a squash. Uh, Zero wins with a razor's edge, which was cool. Uh, Sunny Ono starts taking pictures of her after the match. 
with a Kodak disposable camera. Bro, you couldn't get a Fuji? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Well, seriously. They did it with the bikes. (laughs) They did it with the bikes. Why not do it with the fucking cameras? (laughs) Why is it for once I'm the one that's not saying fucked up things? All right, move on, man. Uh, oh my god <laughs> all right next hey i can't i actually don't even know where to go from there that that was i actually am shocked that you said that like of all the little details we could have been looking at Seriously. like they actually made one change after listening to our show last week back in 96 but that was different hey maybe next week sunny Ono's gonna come out with a, with a fuji we'll give you that all right what happens next uh Fucking Mean Gene is back. Shivani introduces him, and Mean Gene goes, good to be back. I must owe you money. Fucking great. (laughs) He doesn't waste one second. He fucking comes right in like he never fucking left. It's great. He's with DDP, and he talks about how it looks like he's being courted by the NWO. Um, DDP used to manage Scott Hall when he was in WCW before WWE, and he tagged with Nash. Uh, Same time period. Weird shit that you don't think about that comes back. Uh, and outside- DDP is in a all pretty much black and white getup himself, which is so apropos for this interview, I think. Absolutely. Hall and Ash show up, uh, and Paige kind of says, I don't want you showing up at my matches. We're kind of starting to see like a little bit of a baby face uh, turn here for Paige. Uh, Hall offers him to, to own, uh, to join the NWO. And, and Paige basically says, listen, so how many guys you got? Seven, huh? So I'm number eight, huh? Number eight? Really? And, you know, you know, Nash says, hey, you know. Why uh, wasn't I three? Why wasn't I four? Why wasn't I five? I was like, ooh, ooh. This is even better now. You got people showing their worth in this is even better. Yeah. I loved it. And then Nash basically says it's politics, it's wrestling, it's politics. They do mention off that Bischoff lives two houses down from DDP. That was pretty fucking funny. Uh, so yeah. Why you gotta go there, bro? Yeah, exactly. It was it it, it was a it, it was a decent segment. Just knowing what we know, I think this is really we're starting to get DDP on his on his face turn. So uh, after that, we get Mysterio versus Ciclope. Uh, that's Cyclops in Spanish, just in case you didn't know. Uh, so this one was weird because uh, we've got, to start the match, we've got Ultimo Dragon at ringside with uh, Sonny Ono, and Ultimo has his, like, eight belts with him. Um, Ray did a fucking uh, tope. I don't even know what you call it. Yeah, it was a dive through the, the ropes that almost killed him. He took more of a bump than the guy he was hitting. Um, Malenko comes out on the ramp, uh, kind of just stands halfway down. Um, and then psychosis comes out on the ramp behind Malenko. So now we've got three different cruiserweights watching this match. Uh, Ray gets the win with the, uh, Frankensteiner. Malenko goes to leave, sees psychosis, psychosis and stops and psychosis just walks off. Uh, it, it seemed like they're heading towards something. They just were very underwhelming about where they went with it tonight. Yep. Agreed. Uh, next, uh, they talk about WCWWrestling.com. They've had vandalations uh, of their site. Not sure who, though. Seriously. Uh, it's the Nuo Group. The Nuo Group. Nuo Group. Thank you for catching Nuvo. that. All right. Nuvo. All right, fans. we got fans carrying Nuo signs. 
uh, down to the ring. <laughs> God damn, way to pick up on that. Solid broadcasting, ODM. <laughs> uh, the fans are carrying the signs of the ring, and that's bringing out the outsiders in six. Six is holding a cable ace award from the previous year. Uh, Hall says they're going to the left coast on Saturday for the ace awards. Uh, and says NWO is the reason that TNT is the hottest show. I didn't know that TNT was a show. I thought it was a network, but I guess I could be wrong. I caught that on one too. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, they go to commentary with Zabisco and Shivani. This is another clip they show a lot on that Monday Night Wars uh, series that WWE did. Um, fucking, this is what we were referencing earlier. This was fantastic. I love this. Hall says he's been, tells Zabisco, I've been watching you since I was a kid. And tells him, shut your mouth or we'll take you out of retirement. Oh. <laughs> and at the end of that segment, just to skip a bit, throws the toothpick directly at Zabisco's head. Like, bounces off. And I was like, oh, my God. But it was. And what's it, great is I'll tell you right now, this isn't a spoiler. These two don't meet or end up having real major confrontation until winter of 97 for a whole year out that's awesome which to me this was great um nash gets on the mic saying they're gonna take over nitro they don't want to have their uh just their little spot on saturday nights anymore they want to take over nitro and says you know what you can't just put a bounty on a man's head or something like that i don't know bullshit i just did um yeah so <clears throat> what i really liked about this was scott hall says you smell something it's us because we're the stuff that was good <laughs> i like that one and then now you had mentioned uh the toothpick flick what i liked about it was uh hall had taken actually i think zabisco went ahead and just took off his head so headset when they showed up uh yep. nash ended up using it and at the end shivani's like yeah i don't know what we're doing here and zabisco you can see him mouthing like what the fuck? Like, you know, what the fuck's going on? Like, fuck these guys. And that's when he turns, and then you see Hall creep into the picture, lines up, and Zabisco turns around and he nails him. It was just a great segment. I really, it was small. Fantastic. But agreed. It was fantastic. Yep. Uh, we come back from commercial, and it's hour two. Bischoff saying, you know, I guess Shivani and Zabisco just bounced because they were kind of flustered. Whatever. Uh, next, we see Scott Norton. I haven't seen Norton in a while. It feels like he's just returning from Japan. Uh, Tanae mentions uh, the partnership between... Uh, they actually refer to New Japan as the sister promotion to WCW. Uh, and we get a uh, backstage promo from Arn Anderson on Lex Luger. Uh, they show Sting in the rafters, and Luger wins with the rack. Um, <coughs> we get a quick break in between that. We get some commentary hyping up World War Three. Heenan, who's looking very dapper in this episode, says he thinks is going to win World War Three. Uh, and then we get a recap of Sting attacking Jeff Jarrett, which leads to our in-ring interview with Mean Gene and Lex Luger, uh, talking about that and Luger saying that he's trying to carry WCW on his back, but it's too much for too much for one man. Still, no return calls uh, on you know any of his calls or messages from Sting to Luger. Um, and uh, apologize. I gotta say, very, very, very surprised, Dean Malenko. Yeah. Heenan to say that name. Yeah. It's like repriming him for a world title chance at some point. Cause that's a weird name is a cruiserweight to name drop. It'd be interesting to see how they set that up. Right. 
you know, because they're like, all right, you know, put somebody that's obviously not, say somebody that's obviously not going to win it, but that you think has potential, and he maybe picked Malenko. I, I'm speculating. I have no idea. It's just different. Okay. My my bad. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, we get Lee Marshall on the I road, know. probably my favorite segment of the night. Uh, and then next we get the amazing French Canadians with Colonel He's Parker. Lee Moriarty or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah, the guy from Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Uh, amazing French Canadians. They have Colonel Parker in tow. Uh, that that's back from uh, Saturday night. This past Saturday night, um, Parker came back to the ring again to cheer on Harlem Heat, and Sherry just fucking clocks him. He gets up, takes off his jacket, rolls up his sleeves like he wants to fight her. Then Harlem Heat just come out and just beat the shit out of him. Uh, so now the French Canadians have taken on Colonel Parker. Um, we cut to the back. The Nasty Boys are being denied entrance to the arena by security because they're not on the list. I didn't know they had a list, but okay. Uh, and they say, get Doug Dillinger, get Doug Dillinger. Uh, for those of you not familiar, Doug Dillinger is the Briscoe or Patterson of WWF, pretty much. Uh, almost actually kind of looks like Pat Patterson a little bit, if you ask me. Um, and they do picture-in-picture picture for the Nasties to walk away like little bitches. And then they talk to some random dude standing behind a pillar. But it ain't some random dude. Ed Leslie. You know who Ed Leslie is, don't you? He was our honorable mention last week, wasn't he? Was he the honorable mention? <laughs> yeah, pretty he much. He sure was. Yeah, it's fucking Brutus Beefcake. So I can't wait. I'm lying to see where that goes. Uh, it ends in a schmoz between Sherry and Parker. Uh, I, I guess you need your, your gag uh, feud, you know, somewhere in the card. All right, next we get Conan versus Jericho. Uh, we get a little bit of backstory on Ted Irvine, who is Jericho's dad. Uh, and they actually show his hockey cards. How fitting is that? Couldn't rank, can't make this shit up. Uh, Heenan says, you know, they're basically putting Jericho's dad over. And then Heenan goes, if he's so good, why'd he get traded 75 times for a used <laughs> puck a bag? Line. Uh, uh, so basically what happens is, is uh, Jericho comes off the ropes, almost bumps Nick Patrick, stops himself, gets drop kicked from behind, and grazes Patrick's arm, naturally calls for a DQ. Now, they, they've been playing off of this for weeks now, uh, so you would figure that you, you would get an escalation point uh, at the end of this match, but no, it just immediately goes to break and they don't revisit it, other than to say that they were at each other's throat during the break. So that's great. Next, uh, confusing match of the night. Uh, Miguel Perez making his debut against Juventud Guerrera. Uh, Perez has the hairiest shoulders I've ever seen in my entire life. And Perez wins. Do you want to talk about his shoulders? Or? He eventually is in the Los Bariquas. Yeah. Uh, I think it was he even goes, man, have you seen that sweater he's wearing? <laughs> God. Oh, it was tremendous. Yeah. Uh, after the match, uh, like immediately after the match, uh, DiBiase's in the crowd with Vincent calling for Sting. They're in Sting's spot where he's been hanging in the rafters. Vincent has the shirt in hand, and they thank him for taking out Jeff Jarrett. Uh, next, <laughs> we get uh, Faces of Fear uh, versus American Males. Basically, what happens is Bagwell uh, grabs one of the Faces of Fear's feet to try to help, and it, it actually costs him the match. Uh, Hart cuts an in-ring promo afterwards. Uh, Bagwell and Riggs are arguing on the outside, and basically what Jimmy Hart is, and this was a nice little segment here because uh, basically all match, uh, Bischoff and commentary have been talking about Jimmy Hart and how, you know, Loudmouth he is, 
but basically what Hart's promo is, is that how are the Nasty Boys getting tag title shots and the Faces of Fear aren't? And he's asking the executive committee to make it a triangle match. I thought that was pretty interesting that he called it a triangle match. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and Bischoff's like, you know what? As loud as he is, he's actually got a point. No shit. Um, yeah. So, um, like, I'm, I'm kind of scared. I don't know if you've got, like, your guitar you're breaking out here. But basically, uh, what we get at the end nope, of the show. Nope. Phone no? is dying, man. You're, I, way to break kayfabe. <laughs> okay. Nope, you're looking at the ceiling because my phone's dying. Okay. <laughs> Needs a charge. <laughs> so, okay. Hey, no worries, man. No worries. I just, do you want to talk about this last piece? I think you want to talk about this last piece. No, go ahead. I'm with it. I'm with it. Go ahead. All right. I'll, I'll give my commentary where it's necessary. So, so the uh, the video uh, that that Shivani, uh, the videotape from the you know uh, Kenny McDade earlier, uh, they have it. Uh, they're gonna play it, and they play it. Uh, oh, they play it. It is uh, it is a music video from Roddy Piper for a song called "I'm Your Man." Uh, the first note that I wrote is I'm speechless. Um, basically, I can like I, I guess we'll revisit the content of this in a second. Uh, basically, at the end, they make point to show you that the bottom of the video it says 1992 Sony Music. Uh, and basically, what they call out is at during points of the video, they had very quick cuts to the Hollywood Bowl, uh, where the sign read Ultimate Bout Hogan vs Piper. Uh, and this was recorded in 92. So basically what they're putting over is that Hogan has been, I'm sorry, Piper has been thinking of fighting Hogan for quite some time. And then after that beauty of a music video, the NWO music hits, Liz is dressed up as Santa's helper, and then immediately escorted out of the ring by Vincent, and Hogan challenges Piper, flexes in the spotlight, and it's like the third or fourth week in a row that Nitro's ended like this. Uh, so Come we're gonna on, blow you're past not the end. Tell me what you said off the air about this video. <laughs> Come on. What, well, I wanted to wait until about? we. I want. Let's let's circle back. Let's circle back. So yes, the ending sucked. Let's talk about the content of the music video. Um, <laughs> the way that they were hyping up this guy dropping off the video, it was very underwhelming <laughs> for the whole. He's been thinking about it since '92. At first, they show Piper in a boxing ring while he's singing this song, saying, "I'm your man." Um, I initially thought it was going to be just a music video saying he just wants to beat Hogan's ass. And then it's apparently not, you know, it's very evidently not. It's, it's you know, I don't want to say it's a love song, but it's definitely about a romantic It's interest. a fucking Baywatch song. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's perfect. That's perfect. Um, and he's basically got Mick from Rocky training him in the gym. And at first I thought it was going to be like scandalous shit from the NWO being like, dude, he's totally banging that old dude. <laughs> Like that's Yo, what I thought. This song they were is do. he wants to fuck Mick. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't care about it. I didn't hear no bell. So yeah. All right. Great segment. Um, I don't. I was like, I don't know. I I'm kind of fifty fifty. If it was really made in ninety two, you could slap some numbers on the bottom, some things, and make it look like it was ninety two. I feel like it was the same hairstyles right now. Doesn't matter. I don't care if you made it in 92, 96, 97. I don't care if you made that in 1950. You should be embarrassed at yourself, Roddy Piper. 
know. Yeah. It was just an odd, odd music video. It had him at the beach, him training. There was girls. There was old men. There's a lot of things splashing around. But one thing for sure is I'm your man. But that's how we're heading into Survivor Series. Hey, man. It's it's exciting that at least that pay-per-view is coming up because I don't know what the hell WCW was trying to prove with that. However, let me tell you something about this podcast. First, we were never anything but a rich broads tax write-off. But at the end of the day, we bring you top of wrestling, top movies, and next week we're back with the top topic. It is the top 25 wrestlers on the mic of all time. Dude, if I couldn't have been more dead on in where this thing ended up being, we've planned this one to be this episode for months now. We we planned our season out a long time ago, just planned to be this, and you're going to get some great mic work on Nitro this coming week, or, well, next week, one week from today, when we talk about the Monday Night Wars, we will be talking about the top topic again, which is the top 25 wrestlers on the mic. We will have good wrestling, good shit. We will have ODM. We will have myself, the professor, who is bidding you a farewell every week. ODM, he just gets tickled pink to leave us with his favorite movie quote of the week. And this week... He's going to do it in the man that seems like he's starting to make a face turn, a face turn on Nitro. It's D-D-P, Diamond Dallas Page. You just literally keep giving me people that I just have to talk in my normal voice, and I don't even know what to say, bro. Just say bang at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to walk down that stinking runway. Open up this fucking robe and wiggle my dick at him, Joe. And you know why? Because I want you to have a fucking heart attack and die so we don't have to do this shit again. You and your fucking fashion shows. Bang! The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. I'm not bullshitting you, man. I got stinking shit-faced on the drive back. Jackie left me, and that son of a bitch over there keeps telling me to do the podcast when he knows I'm shit-faced. Anybody throws me against the bars, I'm going to piss all over myself. I've been watching you all night Cause everything 
Looking for you. 